uh, we, we're in the, the last part of a conversation uh, titled God Is. And today I want to talk to you about the topic God is timeless. God is timeless. I don't know what your relationship is like with time. We don't all have the same relationship with time. Some people seem to always be out of time. Other people seem to be behind time. And some people wish they had more time. In fact, some people would hope that some things would come to an end sooner, which is, I hope, not your feeling about this morning's service, that you wish instead it was longer. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about our relationship to time and the fact that our God is not bound by time. And when you have a relationship with God, your relationship with time changes. You become wise about what's appropriate in this time and clever about things that are timeless and to follow after or set your heart on things that are everlasting. And sometimes we need to recognize that there are things in our lives that should have a, a, a seasonal fashion flavor to them. They're in or out. But then some things need to be timeless in our lives. And irrespective of our age or stage, they are true in every generation and in every season and in every circumstance because God is everlasting. Can you say amen to that? God is greater than our season. Isn't that an encouraging thing to know? That God isn't caught off guard by any season, nor is He bound by any generation. I love when people say to me, well, that was for then. Well, some things may be for then, but God was for then and for today and for tomorrow, for He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Can you say amen to that? Our relationship with time is also not fixed. I remember when I went through a season personally of anxiety. A couple of years ago, I think I shared with you, I went through the season of anxiety and sort of needed to get my head around it. And it was a therapist in the church who sort of spotted certain mannerisms or behaviours in me and said, you're not in a good space on this. And I remember one of the consequences of going through it is my sense of time was all messed up. If I had an appointment at say three o'clock, from about 11 o'clock, I'd start saying to myself, I don't have any time. When you're in an anxious place, you think five hours isn't enough. But when you're in an energetic space, you think, well, I've only got an appointment at three o'clock. I can go to gym. I can go to the shops. I can have coffee with a friend. I can do a bit of gardening. I can take a shower and get ready and be on time for my three o'clock and even be early. My sense of time is exciting when you're in a good place and it's a dread when you're in a bad place. In fact, when you're in the company of people you like, you say, time flies. When you've got no company or you don't like the company of the people you're keeping, uh, and of course, that wouldn't be you. I'm just saying as a casual, just throwing it out there. You, how many of you could feel like it took forever? Forever. How many of you have been in traffic and thought to yourself, this is really taking days. I'm, I'm aging as I sit here. It's been about 15 minutes, but 15 minutes can feel like forever. Can you say amen to that? 
Well, that same idea is a consequence of something in our soul. How can 15 minutes feel like forever in the negative? Yet, we forget that when we follow Jesus, 15 minutes is already the start of forever in a positive way in our walk with Jesus Christ. We are already eternal. You don't become eternal when you die. Think about that for a moment. You're already eternal. I mean, your body isn't, and thank the Lord for that. I'd like, a, I'd like to substitute at some point. And is that okay? I'd like to sub in for a taller one. I don't know. That part's not eternal, but you are already eternal. Maybe one where the head doesn't. Uh, you're already eternal. So why can't eternity already be my experience and I can have a relationship with time filtered through my relationship with a timeless God? Well, there's a passage of Scripture where time is radically transformed by God in the Bible. It's found in Joshua chapter 10. And it's the famous part of the Bible where a prayer made the sun stand still. And today, I want to tell you that there are things you can do spiritually that will make time go faster or make time stand still. Today, I want to teach you from the Bible how that there are some things where you've spent too much time on them and other things that it's about time you jumped into them. Timing matters. Can you say amen to that? Timing matters, whether it's in the telling of a joke or the making of a remark or the moment of asking someone to marry you. Timing matters. And all the married people said, uh, yes, I thought so. I thought, I thought a, few, a few people were going to uh, celebrate that. There, there's an appropriate moment. In fact, I watched inappropriate moments of timing as part of my research the other day. And how's this for awkward, inappropriate? In the middle of somebody else's wedding, one of the best men went uh, into the crowd onto a knee to ask his girlfriend to marry them during somebody else's wedding. The pastor was on it though. Right over the microphone, he said, young man, this is in your day. And if you carry on, you're not gonna have another day. <laughs> she was so embarrassed. She didn't know what to do. She took the ring anyway. I think that for some people, in some circumstances, possession is nine-tenths of the law. You know, just take it. And we'll deal with your awkward, inappropriate timing later. <laughs> now, there's something about recognizing the significance and value of your timing. God has a timing or a rhythm. There is a time to things in the Bible. Ecclesiastes, that famous passage of Scripture, a time for this and a time for that. In fact, most of us use the phrase, um, uh, all good things must come to an end. And yet, do you know, that's not a biblical phrase. Uh, it is it actually it was originally written by a poet called Chaucer in the 1400s and then made popular by Nelly Furtado in 2009. But I'm just segueing that in just so you know, I'm like at least up to date to 2010. You know what I mean, uh, some of you are Googling and others of you are checking out. Um, but Joshua chapter 10, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Son, stand still. And you, moon, over the valley of Ajolan. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as it is written in the book of Jashar. 
And the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. I want to tell you today that God is timeless, not in the sense that nothing about Him uh, is, is up to date. I know there's a whole debate about what does it mean if we say God is timeless? Does it mean that He is old-fashioned? I don't want to have that conversation with you today. We could have it on another day. I want you to know that I am the victim of time, but God is the creator of time. I may feel like I don't understand something on my timeline, but God doesn't measure things on a timeline. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He has no beginning and no end. I'm in a season, but God is my eternity. I have a covenant with God that is an everlasting covenant with an everlasting God. That changes a whole lot of my attitudes about a whole lot of things. The Bible actually says we should learn to redeem the time. In Ephesians, the Bible reminds us that redeeming time is an essential part of our spiritual journey. It says this in verse 16, redeem the time because the days are evil. Something's trying to steal your time all the time. And the best use of your time is something you should ask God about. Do you know we ask God about a lot of things, but we don't always ask Him about how to use our time. And yet that's one of the most important gifts God gives us is the gift of time. I think I've spent time in some terrible decisions in the past. Way too much time watching reruns of Friends. Now I know that's a sensitive topic because I know they back. But it disturbs me how many people are re-watching or watching reruns of Friends and don't have time to make friends or to be a friend, or to know the friend who sticks closer than a brother. You are being robbed of the value of time. You're not being redeemed in time. I think there's something really powerful about that. You know, the Bible says that God has no shadow. I think that's an incredibly important thing, that God has no shadow. Because a shadow implies a, th a thing that has passed, an error of darkness in our lives. And yet the Bible says that God has no shadow. In Him, there is no shadow. Production, if you would put that up for me, please, so I could add the next scripture. Thank you. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God has never regretted anything in his existence. Do you know, I've regretted stuff, but God has never, I've got some shadows in some of my decisions. Some areas that I think, flip, I wish I hadn't done that. Do you know, my greatest regrets are not things I've done. They're the things I hadn't started doing sooner. I regret not buying a pair of jeans sooner. Somebody said, amen. If you're wondering what that's about, that's a dig at, at false religion. Because when I grew up in Christianity, jeans weren't allowed. They were considered secular and worldly and unrighteous. So I dressed myself in drowning suits to seem more spiritual. Then one day, I think I had turned 35. And as, yes, yes, I know the other day. And as a special gift... <laughs> It was like yesterday. I mean, we're playing with time, aren't we? 
I love how people want to manipulate time in science fiction movies by either going back in time or going into the future. Why? You could rather build a relationship with an everlasting God who is both in the past and in the future. You are eternal. Stop behaving like you're temporary. Anyway, that was for free. And so uh, it was decided that I would, I would, as a gift, I'd wear a pair of jeans and I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd preach in a pair of jeans. This was done as a trick by a team of friends. And I convinced myself that it was a Sunday devoted to youth so that I would feel okay. And I still got up with guilt. I got up with guilt and I preached that day. And then everybody came afterwards and said, you know, really, um, you look better. You look better in Jesus. In fact, uh, we'll start inviting friends to church if you would just update your look and just, uh, I mean, it would just be so helpful to the gospel if you were just like in the right decade even. Just, if you're in the right decade. And here's my point. All that time wasted listening to nonsense about religion and all that guilt spent and all that wasted worry on stuff. What a waste of time. Cut it out. Connect with an everlasting God. Learn to live by everlasting principles and stop wasting your time on temporary things. What a waste those kinds of decisions can be. I also regret not jumping into things a whole lot sooner. There are things that we should have done earlier in our lives. And our relationship with an everlasting God should move us forward. You should be ahead of your time. And you should be ahead of the curve in your journey because God is your leader. So there are a couple of practical things that I think we should know about everlasting God leading us through a time and space. And here are a couple of those principles. First of all, I think you need to know when you've had enough time in something. Enough time. You know, God, God uh, throughout the Bible, God would go to, to a prophet and say, how long are you gonna cry for that guy? How long will you mourn? God would sometimes go to some people in Scripture, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament, and say, it's the right time. It's the appointed time. Or he would say to, to his mother, it's not my time. Time matters. When do you know if you spent too much time on something? What I mean by enough time, it means don't stay stuck somewhere for longer than it deserves. You know, some of us, we're still carrying injuries and carrying criticisms and carrying hurts from way back, dragging it along. I always used to think that I shouldn't drag my baggage into my future. But you know what I've realized? It's not so much the dragging of my baggage that's the problem. It's me still stuck in my past. That's the problem. You're not only dragging something into your future, you're keeping one foot in the past. So you can't put one foot in front of another and get going in your life because one of the parts of you is stuck somewhere. When is it enough? When is it enough anger and enough hurt and enough frustration? When is it enough misbehaving and breaking and destroying? When is it enough to say, the devil won't have another day? When is it enough? We say, not today, to the devil in a song. But we need to be able to say, that's enough. That's enough. One of the most powerful things you could ever have in your life is to allow God to give you the authority to say, enough is enough. 
we say it to people and we jokingly talk about it over cheesecake, when is enough, when it's finished. But, but when, it comes to, when it comes to spiritual matters and when it comes to emotional matters and when it comes to financial matters, when is enough? Or maybe you need to say, the God who is timeless, could you please lead me on how I manage my time? And one of the areas I want to manage my time in is to know when it's enough in one space or season to step into the next one. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3 says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans chose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. You know, I thought maybe I shouldn't read the second part because it's a bit hectic for a morning, you know? But actually, you should know God is timeless. Nothing you're hearing about now is a surprise to the Lord, nor is it something He hasn't already spoken into, addressed, or communicated. God is God Alpha and Omega, from the beginning to the end. We're just a short interception into a season of an eternal and everlasting God. Can you say amen to that? When is it enough? And then there is another sense in which we must understand the term enough. Sometimes, in my own life, I'm sure you've done the same, we judge too soon and haven't given some things enough time. I wish I hadn't done that. Gosh, I wish I had given things enough time. I wish I had learned when it's enough and then when to give it enough. The difference is only discernible by the Spirit. If you're not a Christian, you wonder why following Christ is even important. It is so radical that it will transform your sense of minutes, hours, and days. It'll change everything. Your sense of how that works will be so significantly transformed. Look at what 1 Corinthians 4 says. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. It's funny, some people think that's an aggressive scripture. Wait for the appointed time, the Lord will come to give praise. I know that it is a bit nerdy to use gardening examples, but I don't have a lot of other hobbies. Maybe next year I'll talk about pottery. Is that less nerdy? I don't know. I got to plant some seeds, actually, from a friend, somebody in our Cape Town church. I planted them, and I was very disappointed. Two grew, and I planted 200, maybe. And so from the two that grew, I kept the seeds. I planted those seeds. Thousands grew. And I started thinking, could I have done something wrong? What had happened? I realized what it was. The juvenile version of the plant doesn't look like the adult version. So during a time of weeding, I removed all the juvenile plants that had started growing. The two that grew were the two I missed, hidden in a corner somewhere. Now you're laughing at me, but I'm coming for you because that's my habit with humor. There you are uprooting the juvenile version of what God is trying to create in your life because it doesn't yet look like the adult version you're hoping for, so you keep digging it out. Give it time. Well, I, don't know if God, I don't know if this Christian relationship thing works. Give it time. 
well, you know, we've been dating now, George, for 15 minutes. We've already prayed together. I mean, we held hands and did grace, felt nothing. Give it time. If you ate a chili, it wouldn't have hit you by now. Just give it time. Give it time. We've been coming to church for three weeks. Nothing's changed. Three weeks. Do you know how many weeks it took you to shape your sinful nature? Do you know how many weeks? Can't measure it in weeks. Got to measure it in years. Breaths even. Now you're coming and you would like in a few things, it's got to change. Sometimes it does. Look, when it does, call it a miracle and say thank you to the Lord. But if it doesn't, let Him work. Just let Him work. I got told, I got told by a building, I quite like building. It's a manly thing to do. Quite like building, like the smell of cement. I think it's wonderful to see things. But all building people will thank me for this. I used to hover around them while they were building. And that just causes anxiety because you're measuring things and you're checking things. Is it straight? Is it not straight? Irritating the people. And one day, the guy just said to me in class, just let me work. Just go have coffee. Let me work. Just leave me alone. I know it's not straight. It's going to be straight when I'm done. It's the process. Just leave me work. Let me just say something to you. Stop staring every girl that comes in. Is she the one? Every guy that comes in, is he the one? Is this the job? Is that the thing? Is this the thing? Just let him work. Just let him work. She could be the one, but she can't see you through your desperate nature. So you need to come into peace and let the Lord work. I've um, seemed to have picked up the evening service anointing and brought it to the morning service by mistake. I'm gonna take it back to tonight. Let him work. I've tithed, I see nothing. You've tithed to the sinful nature your whole life. Give it time. At the appointed time, it's going to bear fruit. Stop digging it up just because the juvenile version doesn't look like the adult version. Give it time. God is timeless. He is managing my time. There's power in that. I also want to remind you that when we have a timeless God and we're going through it, journey measured in time, to remind you that there's a next time. There's a next time. Sometimes we think it's the only time or the last time. But I want you to know in Jesus, there's a next time. You might say, I messed it up. I had my one chance. It was the opportunity of a lifetime. She was the one. There was thunder at that moment. I don't know, did you guys hear something? Heaven punctuating the sermon. At least that's how I'm taking it. That fatalistic attitude is not Christian. My attitude, and I think it is a good biblical mindset, is that if it didn't work out, even if it's my fault, then the next thing is the God-ordained thing. And I'm not going to live forward while watching my life backward. There is a next time. 2 Corinthians 8.14 says, At the present time, your plenty will supply what you need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. You know what I love about this verse? When you can help, when you can't, someone else will help you. 
it's the way it works. There's a next time. I want to encourage you today that if you feel like you've messed it up, take heart. There's another time and the next time. And something has ended terminally. Some relationship is irrevocably broken. Some marriage, despite all efforts, has broken. I may not love that journey for you. That's very influencer. I'm not loving it for us. I may not love that for you, but let me tell you, when you get to the other side of it, the Lord will renew and restore and strengthen and reappoint and reestablish and will grant you another day. Sun stand still. And you moon, stay where you are. For the Lord will fight our battles for us. In God, you've got time. And then thirdly, one must measure quality of time. It's important that we recognize that not all time is equal. Quality matters. In Mark chapter 4, verse 17, but since they have no root, these seeds sown in the ground, they last only a short time. And when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You know, one of the powerful things about time and God teaching us on time is that testing should help us stand the test of time. Time is its own test. You know, when people come to church, I'll tell you a little inner pastor, um, an inner pastor, what's the right word to say here? It's not a joke. An inner pastor secret. You know, all, all of us have these little secrets within our worlds, right? Whenever people come to me straight after the service and they say, this is my first time here and I just want you to know, I'm so excited. I'm gonna sit in the front row next week. I'm joining the band on Thursday. I'm available to run marriage course next week. I am ready. I will be your armor bearer. I will carry your uh, app to the car because I don't carry books anymore. <laughs> Let me tell you what my immediate heart goes. My immediate heart does not say, oh, praise the Lord. What a wonderful person. Do you know what my heart says after doing this for 30 years? Let's see next week. Don't worry about the front row, just any row. Somewhere in the building, even in the parking lot. See you next week. And when you're done with next week, see the week after that. And when you've done that for a couple of weeks and a couple of months, see the month after that. And then if that works out, and you're still around. Don't worry about carrying my app. I'll carry yours. We'll do this with equality. You get me this time. I'll get you next time. Don't worry about hierarchy. That kind of Christianity should never have started and is thankfully dead. Thankfully dead. We are, we've got this equality of things under one leadership, Jesus Christ. We don't have equality of roles. I mean, I can't get up and sing. That would be traumatizing to heaven and earth. We don't have equality of roles, but you can have equality of status without having equality of roles. That's the definition of marriage. But you, you got, you've got to recognize time is a good tester. And there's quality in that, in that test. I added a fourth, and I don't know why, because I never have time for four. Hi. I've got a young budding preacher rising up Sunday by Sunday. Can't wait to hand over. That'll be wonderful. God comes through every time. Every time. Do you know some things are now and then. They say all good things must come to an end. It's not godly. People think sometimes. 
Sometimes you think it's a good day and a bad day. But because God is everlasting, He doesn't have bad days. He only has powerful days. And because of that, my life can trust on the one thing that is true every time. Do you know nothing else is true every time? You know, when you, you check the weather app, it's not true every time. It would be nice if it were true sometimes. <laughs> you know, your, your friends can say something. I'll always be there for you. It's a nice thing to say, but not always. There's going to be a day where you're having a bad day and I'm having a bad day and we just blue tick each other. There's going to be a day. But with my heavenly father, when he says, I'm with you even to the ends of the earth, he means every day. He means on your good day and your bad day and your tough moment and your easy moment and your cheering moment and your broken moment. He means every day because God is everlasting. His covenant with us is eternal. Is that a clappable moment? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. I'll close with Hebrews chapter 13. It's a type of doxology. It's a benediction, a prayer that they prayed. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of an everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will. Working in you that is well, uh, what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I like that I have one thing that is true every time. You should too. That's why you should follow Jesus Christ. You need a thing that is true every time. And you need to build your life on something that is so eternally trustworthy that He helps you measure time properly. How much time to spend in something when enough time has been spent on something. How to turn a time and a season into a fruitful thing. I think you need to hitch the trailer of your life to the leadership of an eternal God. God is timeless. Can you say amen to that? Would you please stand with me as we pray? There are about 500 people watching live online right now around the world, 500 connections. I'm so grateful for that and the room increasingly full of people. I'm uh, um, confident that a time is coming when God is going to open the windows of heaven and do in our generation something remarkable. I'll tell you a prayer I have in my heart that our generation, whatever expense you want to assign to that, will not be known as the once in a hundred year pandemic generation but to be known as the once in a hundred year revival generation. Where God wiped the earth of its burdens and showed Jesus Christ to the world. Can you say amen to that? That's my prayer. So let's pray this prayer concerning an everlasting God 
and our measure of time and to ask God for wisdom for the, 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 the way we spend time so that we can, as Ephesians says, redeem our time. Father, we thank you for the privilege of days and nights. Thank you that you created the world so that there would be a day and a night and a day of rest and a restoring. But thank you, Lord, that you're above that. You're eternal. Your covenant is everlasting. Today, teach us when we've given something enough time and something else not enough time. Teach us that you are there every time. Teach us to walk in confidence that the times of our lives are in your hands and and to have the confidence in you not to take it back and measure it ourselves. Would you move us forward into our appointed time, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a final shout of praise wherever you are? 